You're listening to Raw, Real, and Unleashed Radio. My name is Katie Lippman, and this is Raw Talks. Imagine living in a world where you were no longer afraid to just show up, be who you are, and do what feels really good. I believe that it is more than possible to rid yourself of the anxiety and stress and worry that you have created for yourself by hiding who you really are and what you really came here to give to the world. Raw Talks is a series of episodes where I show up, open my heart, and share with you real life experiences with the intention of creating radical shift and transformation for you. I'm here to remind you that not only is it safe for you to show up and give your gifts, but it's needed. The world needs you in your fullest expression, and I am here to help support you to get there and to be the highest version of yourself that you came here to be. So settle in and join me for another episode of Raw Talks. Welcome, welcome back to the Raw Talks podcast. My name is Katie Lippman. I'll be your host as always. And um, this is week four, right? Episode four. And, oh man, I sat around and I didn't really know what I was going to talk about today for this episode. I wasn't really sure what was on my heart. And um, little little thing that I've, I've said before, I think, on previous podcasts, but I usually just check in with what's current. And rather than over-prepare and think ahead of what, what's next week going to be about and stuff like that, I usually just check in with myself and see what's current for me. And then I see what I'm inspired to talk about. And so... When I checked in with myself before sitting down to record this, I I checked in and I thought, um, what's really in my heart is this this thing that I have and that lots of us have about the need to prove ourselves and the need to do things because it proves to the world that we're good enough and that we're this and we're that. And we end up creating things that are just bullshit that we don't even want to be doing and we end up resisting the thing that we actually want to be doing because we get lost over here in this area of our lives just trying to prove that we are whatever we think that we're not right to other people to our family to our friends to our clients to our audiences in whatever shape or form that that your audience is and i wanted to tell you um about the times that i've tried to prove myself <laughs> Um, in my own life and how that worked out for me and I have one specific thing that came up that I want to tell you about which is is I don't even know why this is coming up for me to share but I'm gonna just do it anyway so as a kid um, as a kid my my family were entrepreneurs as well they owned business uh, businesses retail stores and so we lived in this really small part of England which you've probably heard me talk about before on other podcasts um, and we were we were sort of visible because it was a small town and we, we owned these stores. My parents owned these stores. And so it was really hard to blend in as just a regular kid, you know, um, and we weren't we weren't we weren't necessarily struggling like a lot of the families were that I went to school with or the kids that I went to school with. Um, and so that that made me stand out. And so it, it just. I learned from an early age that having things and and being good at things was opening yourself up for judgment and, and punishment as well. And so I really just tried to blend in and tried to fit in. But the one thing about proving, right? So um, 
I think it was towards high school kind of age. So I must have been probably about 13, 14. It's right around that time when you start blossoming into who you're going to be physically. You know what I'm saying? And I was a tall girl. Um, I was curvy. I had long legs. Um, you know, I was exotic looking because I'm dark hair, dark eyes, tanned olive skin at that point. I got paler as I grew older, but um, I stood out physically, right? And because of that, I guess I gained attention. I don't know. I guess I gained attention from the boys in school and the girls hated that. And so I started to create this this um, seclusion. I kind of want to use the word seclusion. And, and this, this group of girls uh, in, in particular decided that they were not going to like me. They never were going to like me no matter what I did. But they started to sort of formulate this opinion that I was a snob, I was posh, you know, I had everything and so that must mean I was a shitty person, um, that I would never do anything wrong, that they would call me goody goody two shoes, I was teacher's pet, all of this, this shit basically because I wasn't interested in um, doing a lot of the things that they were doing just because I wasn't, right? Like I wasn't interested in uh, trying drugs and, and whatever, whatever bullshit they were getting up to. I wasn't really called to do that. I never really felt like I wanted to do that for whatever reason. And so they, they kind of secluded me into this, this category that they had created, um, you know, snobby, snobby bitch is what they called me. Um, and I want to just like sort of preface, not that it even matters, but like, I was so opposite of that. Like I was, um, I was very sensitive, very creative. Um, I was already aware that I could sing. So I spent a lot of time writing poetry and like singing and creating and just, you know, um, making friends with, with people that were also not necessarily the popular kids, right? And just having really beautiful friendships. Like I, I had beautiful friendships when I was in high school. And so um, I was definitely... I don't even know what the definition of a snob is, but I, uh, if I was to guess what the definition is, I would definitely not have not have described myself that way. So this was just their, this was just the way that they had decided that I was. Right? Um, I have a lot of stories like this where people have decided I am who they say I am, which we can talk about for episode upon episode. Uh, but nonetheless, I had decided that it was it was important for me to prove to them that I was not a snob, that I was not a goody goody two shoes and that I did things uh, that were also, um, quote unquote, bad. Right. So let me take you back in time. This would have been I would think I was about 14. So this would have been 95. So we're talking about like uh, mid 90s. Right. And the the thing the thing the in thing that was happening was the the top of the ear piercing right so it wasn't an in thing like everyone was doing it only like the coolest bravest uh rebelist kids did this right i don't even know if rebelist is a word but the rebel kids did this the kids that that were rebelling against their parents and and saying a big fuck you to societal norms and you know um just just doing the doing like 
bad things, right? This was what they were doing. They were piercing their ear and smoking cigarettes and skipping school and all of that. And I had decided that getting this top of the ear piercing was going to make me fit in. It was going to show the girls that had decided that I was a snob and that I was goody goody two shoes, that I was nothing of the sort, that I... I was uh, just, you know, I was cool like them. And I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're saying that, you know, you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, like I have a similar story to this. Or if you don't have a similar story to this, perhaps, you know, you saw other other people in your life experience that did the similar things. And so I begged and begged and begged my mother to let me have this top of the ear piercing. The problem with the top of the ear piercing back in the mid 90s was that it was brand new and nobody really knew how to do it. And today, you know, in 2017, they do it with a needle. Back then, they were doing it with the gun, with the piercing gun. Well, eventually, after pleading with my mother, I can see myself right now lying on the floor of my living room. Um, I don't know why I was lying on the floor. I wasn't having a tantrum or anything. I think I was probably just sitting or lying and she was sitting up in the chair and I was pleading like literally at her feet to let me please have this piercing, you know, like it's gonna, it's gonna change the way that they see me at school. And I don't even think I told her that. I just pleaded that I really needed this piercing and please, please, please let me. And so she finally said yes and took me and they did it with the gun and everything was okay. I went to school and I was like, I can't wait for the girls to see this because the girls that were were picking on me or bullying me at the time didn't even have this piercing. So I was like more rebel heart than they were, right? This is the, the story I was feeding myself. And I just so desperately wanted to prove that I wasn't stuck up and I wasn't a snob. <laughs> and um, of course that failed. It, it, it fell short because they'd already decided, they had already decided that they were never going to accept and like me. And didn't matter what I did at that point but in the effort to prove myself I ended up with this piercing that I didn't really want it was extremely painful um the thing ended up getting infected because it it's just it's too it was too hard to do with a gun um so it was it was too harsh for the skin not an expert piercer but that's that's my take on it um and so it ended up getting infected and what ended up happening was uh, I grew some scar tissue on the back. It's called a keloid. Go and Google keloid and see how fucking ugly this thing is. I had this thing hanging off the back of my ear for, I I don't think, um, I had it removed uh, in like 2004. So I, I had this thing for like almost 10 years, right? And uh, all because, all because I needed to prove myself. So what ended up happening with that keloid was it fed into a whole other wounded part of my myself, which was, you know, uh, being so afraid of judgment, being so afraid of people um, laughing at me, ridiculing me, because here I am now with this thing on the back of my ear. I ended up moving from England to Canada when I was 18 and didn't have this thing removed until I think I was about 23. So I would then have to hide it, right? I didn't want anybody to see it. And I should probably also say it wasn't massive. In my mind, I probably made it bigger than it was. It was like probably the size of like half of your little fingernail. It wasn't huge. But still, in my mind, it was the most grotesque thing ever. And I hid it. I hid it from I hid it from people that I was like intimately involved with relationships, people that I uh, that I that I loved and was committed to in relationships. I wouldn't even show it to them. I would hide it. Um, <laughs> I used to take the bus to work and, and if I had my hair up, like let's say I, I hadn't washed my hair that day and I had it in a ponytail, 
I would get up an hour earlier than the bus would come. So I would wait at the bus stop um, an hour earlier so that it wasn't packed when it got to me so that I could take the very last seat on the bus at the back so that nobody was sitting behind me so that nobody could see this thing on the back of my ear. This is how fucked up this was, right? All because I needed to prove to some, some girls that I wasn't a snob. I mean, how fucking ridiculous is this? Um, I ended up getting the thing removed uh, when I was, like I said, 23 and, and ever since it's been fine and whatever. But my point is how, to what lengths are you gonna go to prove to somebody else that you are not what they say that you are? How far will you go? And I can tell you right now, I am not the only one that's made decisions based on the need to prove myself to somebody or to, to people or to the world or even prove something to myself, right? I am not the only one that's ever done this. I know that. So I want to get you to reflect today and I want you to start thinking about how many times you do things with the intention of proving something to someone or how many times you have done that in your life in the past. And I'm going to now tell you about how you can start to live your life for you and and for nobody else but you and to relinquish the need and, and to let go of the need to prove yourself to anyone. And it's all about connection to yourself. It's all about spending time sitting in the truth of who you are and getting to know yourself better than you know anybody else and to spend less time with other people a more sacred time with yourself. I'm not suggesting you go into isolation or become a hermit. Absolutely not. What I am saying is that rather than looking outside of yourself and, and you know, spending so much time listening to the opinions of other people and the experiences of other people and the feedback everybody else has to offer you, that you spend double that amount of time with yourself, listening to yourself, listening to your own truths and really sitting in the depth of who you truly, truly are. Because when you do that, you don't need to prove anything to anybody. You don't need to make decisions that prove that you are a certain way to someone. You just know that you are. You know, like going back... I had I known what I know now I would have sat with that 14 year old me and just connected and said to myself I know that I I am gentle and compassionate and giving and creative I know that I'm worthy of this this beautiful stuff my parents can give me I know that I'm deserving and I know that I'm a mirror and that I reflect that to everyone and I know that I'm worthy of beautiful connections with people that love me for who I am I would have deepened into that truth and that's what I'm inviting you to do to look at all the ways in which you're trying to prove something about yourself that A, doesn't fucking matter and and B, goes against what you actually are. You're trying to prove that you're not the things that those people are projecting onto you versus sitting in the depth and the truth of who you are and giving that. And also realize whenever somebody is 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 asking you to be more than what you are, to be something different than what you are, or whenever they're projecting their what they think to be true about you onto you, it's never anything to do with you. It's always to do with them and their own limitations. So where are you living in an energy of needing to prove yourself? And what is the truth? When you sit with yourself right now, what is the truth? And start to connect with yourself more. Spend time with your eyes closed, just listening to the truth of who you are. Spend more time walking in nature, 
breathing, just depth, just the depth. Spend more time in the depth of who you are and less time external to who you are. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.